the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We tend to think of meekness as weakness. We tend to think of meekness as being afraid. We equate the meek with the weak, the wimpy, the sickly, the cowardly, the timidly. One dictionary defined meekness as being deficient in spirit and courage. Nothing could be further from the truth. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. I want to thank you. This is a tremendous crowd uh, gathered here uh, tonight. Thank you for coming. You know, God is so good. Let's try that again. God is so good. And all the time. And the best is yet to come. I don't know if you realize that God is so, 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 so good to us. If you had but one wish, to wish for something that would make you happy, what would you wish? The story is told about a man who went to his minister for some counseling. The man was discouraged, he was depressed, he was down, he was out. The minister tried everything he could do to try to make the man happy, and nothing was working. Finally, in desperation, the minister said, I tell you what you need to do. There's a carnival in town, a circus. He goes, I went last week. He said, there's a clown in that show. He's unbelievably funny. He said, if you go and just go to the circus and sit there and watch him, you'll feel better. And the man said, sir, I am that clown. (laughs) And you know, wherever you look, there are people who are searching. They're longing for happiness, but they don't have it. It reminds me that even people that you think are happy, even people that you think have it all together, On the inside, they're still searching for meaning and purpose. And people will try anything to try to fill that that empty void in their heart. They'll try alcohol. They'll try drugs. They'll try sex and relationships and materialism and overindulgence and chocolate and uh, shopping and spending and pornography. But at the end of the day, none of those things can truly fulfill or bring inner peace or inner happiness. It's not possible. In Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, 
in verse 1 and 2, there's a word that most people uh, skip over. It's the word crowds. There were crowds that were following Jesus. And I look at that and I think, well, you know, it wasn't just a handful of people. There were a large group of people following Jesus. Why were they following Jesus? What were they looking for? They were looking for something that would fulfill them. They were looking for something that they could hold on to, something that would make them feel better, something that would, that would bring them happiness. And Jesus begins to speak, and he turns their entire world upside down. He gives them eight things called the Beatitudes, eight things that will bring them true joy, true blessing, true fulfillment. And all eight of the things that Jesus suggests are completely opposite of the way that the world thinks. He began, we looked two weeks ago, he said, blessed or happy are those who are poor in spirit, those who are broken before God, who have emptied self of self, who are humble before God, that you realize that you are nothing without God. And he says, if you can get to that point, you will inherit the kingdom of God. And then last week, the message was, blessed are those who mourn. And usually we think about that as when someone dies and we mourn that somehow God is going to bring us comfort and he will. But what he's talking about are that we should be mourning over our sin, over the sins of the world. You see, when you realize who God is and you realize who you are and you get that in proper perspective, you can't help but mourn over your sin, over your shortcomings, over the sins of the world. And Jesus said, if you want to be happy, if you want to If you want to find true peace and true joy and true fulfillment, you've got to realize and mourn over the sin of the world and your sin. He goes, when you get to that point, that's when I'm going to bring my comfort. That's where I will sustain you. That's where I will lift you up. That's where you will find true joy and true peace. And then today, the third beatitude, not a commandment, not a suggestion, but a record of note, a memorandum, if you will. Write that down, number one. A memorandum to be meek. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Blessed, happy are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I know there's a crowd and you're searching for something. And Jesus says, if you want to find happiness, it's not where you're searching. It's you've got to be meek. It almost sounds silly, doesn't it? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It sounds ridiculous. It's not the earth that I live on. I live in a dog-eat-dog world. It's the survival of the fittest. The only thing the meek get in our world is left behind. It's the only thing they get. There's a television show, I'm sure many of you have seen it, it's called Survivor. How many of you have ever watched the television show Survivor? It's been on for a long, long time. And uh, they divide it, usually there's two tribes, this time there are three tribes. And divided them up into three categories, and they're called the beauty the brawn and the brains. And so there's one tribe, supposedly they're all beautiful people. And then there's one group, they're, the, they're all the strong ones, the weightlifters, they're all strong. You just look at them, they look strong. They kind of look kind of, you know, they kind of good, look good looking. And this, that one group, they're all strong. The third group, they look like a bunch of geeks. And the idea is that they get to the whole show that, that the, the beautiful people are going to survive because they're beautiful. And the, the, the brawn, they're going to survive because they're strong. And, 
and the, uh, the geeks are going to get by because they're smart, and so far the geeks aren't doing very well. And I, I, started, I started to think, you know, that it's really a picture of life. If, if I, I don't have any of those. If, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm only going to get through this life because I'm good looking, I'm in some serious trouble. Right? And if I'm only going to get through because I'm strong, have you seen these muscles? And I know I'm not the, smart, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I, 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 listen, I don't, if I have to survive based on I'm in trouble, and I don't want to look back and think, oh, yeah, I, sur, sir, I survived life on earth. I don't want that. I want the blessing of God upon my life is what I want. Because I know if God's hand is upon me, if I know I'm blessed of God, I know I can get through anything. So what are you trusting in? Your good looks, your strength, your knowledge, or are you trusting in God? Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I just want to say this before I dive in. I'm getting ready to dive in, so I hope you're ready. I look at this crowd. As shepherd, I always think of the crowd that follow Jesus. Have you ever come to church and there's so many people, you get excited just walking in here because there's so many people? It's like when you go to a football game or a basketball game or a Dodger game, there's just so many people. It's like, the, the, the game hasn't even started. It's just excited, all these people. And I'm afraid that some people come to church here at Shepherd, and there's so many people, there's an excitement just because of, there's a crowd of people that you miss the teaching of Jesus. You get so wrapped up in the crowd that you miss the teaching of Jesus. And that's my fear. And so I want to look at this and don't miss it just because there's a lot of people. Don't be, oh, that's great. Don't miss the teaching. The teaching is blessed are those who are meek. So I want, to, I want to, number two in your outline, what is the meaning of meekness? What does it mean to be meek? Well, two things it is not. I have several definitions here. It is not weakness, and it is not lack of courage. We tend to think of meekness as weakness. We tend to think of meekness as being afraid. We equate the meek with the weak, the wimpy, the sickly, the cowardly, the timidly. One dictionary defined meekness as being deficient in spirit and courage. Nothing could be further from the truth. Moses in Numbers chapter 12 verse 3 was called, the Bible calls him, the meekest man who ever lived. And I wouldn't call him weak. I wouldn't call him afraid. Ten times he marches before the throne of Pharaoh and demands on behalf of God, let God's people go. That took some courage. Moses was the one that was selected by God to lead Israel, 1.6 million Hebrews out of slavery. Well, you, you couldn't be a weak person to do that. Uh, that, that had to be kind of a difficult job. And if you think about it, Moses was the one out of all the people that actually walked up the mountain where God was that was surrounded in a cloud and no one, no one could stand in the presence of God and live to tell about it. And yet Moses had the courage to walk up that mountain and disappear in that cloud. And then he came down off that mountain carrying those Ten Commandments so if the Bible calls him the meekest man who ever lived, let me tell you, meek is not having lack of courage. Write this down, letter C. It is part gentleness, and it is part humility. 
The word gentle, outward, it, it, this has to do with uh, uh, it's being outwardly being gentle with people. It's being involved in a situation at work or at home, and it's a tumultuous situation, and you have the ability to read the situation, and immediately, because of the way you perceive and talk and behave, you're able to diffuse a d- d- tumultuous situation. I'm not very good at that. I'm good at just the opposite. I'm good at going in with a bunch of peaceful people and stirring everything up. That's not a meek person. A meek person can walk into a very difficult situation at work or at home or at church in a life group, in a class, and there's some turmoil going on, and they just immediately, with their words and with their gentleness, they know how to calm everybody down. A meek person can do that. It also, the the humility part has to do with we talked about this, uh, the poor in spirit. It's having an honest assessment of who you are before God. So you know who God is, and you understand who you are, and you understand this relationship that he's got and you're not, and it's a very humbling, it's a very humbling thing to have an honest assessment with who you are and standing before a holy God. The Bible says in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, everyone say therefore. therefore. As God's chosen people, that's you. Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility. What's the next word? Gentleness and patience. And the next verse says, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you. Now stay with me on this. The Beatitudes are all stacked one on the other. And so it starts... When you're poor in spirit and you realize who you are before God, that you're absolutely nothing without God, that you are broken before God, and then you realize your sin and you mourn and you weep. You, you know, Jesus wept over the sins of, it, of Jerusalem, and you mourn and you weep over the sins in your own life, and that's when God gives you his grace and his blessing, when he realizes you have everything in proper perspective. And the next logical step of that is when you realize how good God's been to you and how many times God has forgiven you and how much grace God's poured upon you and you see other people who are sinning, even if they're sinning against you, you can't help but forgive them because you have a proper understanding of how much God has forgiven you. If you're having a hard time forgiving someone else, then you see you're not a meek person because you don't realize how much God has forgiven you. Because if you truly understood who you were, poor in spirit before God, and how much comfort he's brought into your life through Jesus Christ, then you want everyone else to experience what you've experienced. The letter D, write this down. Meekness, the best illustration or description is power under control. We don't usually think of that but because we equate it with weakness, but it's power, strength, restrained power, power that's under control. The best analogy refers to a wild horse. A wild stallion that has been broken and trained by a trainer. Now, I'm not a horse person, and we have horse people here today. We have people in the room right here who own horses. So I'm going to say something. They're, they're going to, after church, they're going to correct me. Say, oh, pastor, you're wrong. But in my opinion, horses are wild animals. No one ever just gets on a horse and rides it unless that horse has been trained and, and broken. You, you wouldn't want to get on a horse that no one had ever ridden before. You just wouldn't do it. And if you've ever ridden a horse, the very first time you ever get on a horse, you're wondering, was this horse trained properly? Because it's such a powerful, it's such a powerful animal. 
you get near it and you just realize, hey, this is a superior creature than me. It's strength, but it's under control. True strength, true strength is not cussing someone out when they cross your path. You blankety blank, blank, blank. Does it take more strength to cuss someone out or to restrain your mouth and not say anything? What takes more strength? Yeah. See, the guy that cusses someone out, he's not a meek man. That's not strength under control. Does it take more strength to look lustfully at a beautiful woman or to look the other way and say, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to do that? What takes more strength? To not look. The guy who lusts after a beautiful woman is not a meek man. It's not power under control. What, what takes more strength? A person who gossips and and shares ill will about someone or the one who refuses, I refuse to say anything bad about anybody. What takes more strength? The person who refuses to to spill ill will towards another person. Uh, Meekness is power under control. Letter E, write this down. Meekness is choosing graciously to put other people first. Okay, it's a situation that we face every day you have these little dilemmas that you either can do what's best for you or what's best for others. The person who is meek will always choose to do what's in the best interest of others. Philippians tells us to consider others' interest above our own. It might be when you're getting on the freeway and there's only two lanes that are going down to one, the guy that always gasses it and cuts the other person off, not a meek person. The person who always says, hey, you go first, that's the meek person. There's two seats, and one's a really good seat and one's a really bad seat. A meek person will take the bad seat and let someone else have the good seat. I was coaching uh, the kids, and um, we had an A team and a B team, and we could only have, I think, 11 players or 12. I forgot the number, but it came down. We only had one position left. We had two kids. I had one of them I had to send down the B team. And they both were the same height. They had the same weight, the same skill set. And I, and they know I'm the pastor. And uh, I got to go look at the kid who's going straight home to mama. The pastor sent me to the B team. That pastor, what kind of pastor is he? So there's these two kids, same height. Same demeanor, same skill set, and one's going to be on the A team, and the other kid, I got to send down the B team. And I, 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 did, I, didn't want, I couldn't do it. So I called them over, both of them. And I just explained, hey, I got a, I got a tough situation here. I'm looking at both these young men. This is just like this young man right here. I said, I, I know you both want to be in the A team. I said, but I, there's only room for one of you. I said, one of you is going to have to go to the B team. And I'm having a hard time deciding which one. And then I just said this. By chance, do either one of you, do either one of you mind if you're on the A team or the B team? And one kid said, I don't mind going to the B team. I'll go to the B team. He can be on the A team. And the second he said that, I wanted him to be on the A team. But I sent him down to the B team anyway. Amen. Praise God. All right. So 
it's choosing to put other people first. I want to, I want to show you this, this uh, the book that I did several years ago called God Has an App. In the inside cover, I dedicated a page to Coach John Wooden. And I dedicated the book to him, who went on to be with the Lord. He was a great basketball coach for UCLA. He was the, he was the wisest man I, I ever met on this earth, and he's also the meekest, the meekest man I ever met on this earth. And uh, he said these words. It's in the inside cover of the book. He said these words. He says, you cannot live a perfect day without doing something. You want to live a perfect day or a good day? A perfect day. You want a perfect day? You cannot live a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never, ever be able to repay you. Putting other people first. Uh, The Bible illustration, of course, is Abraham in Genesis chapter 13. He and his nephew Lot, uh, they were in, in over there in land we know today as Israel, but uh, their, their herds and their flocks had grown such that the land could not contain both, and so they had to part way. The Bible says they had to part ways. And Abraham, who's in charge, Abraham goes to Lot and says, Lot, it's in the Bible. If you want to go left, I'll go right. If you want to go right, I'll go left. Now, what you need to know is one direction, it was all plush. It was the plush plains of Jordan, and the other was all desert. And yet Abraham was a man who says to Lot, you choose. I'll let you choose. And of course, the Bible says that Lot chose the plush plains of the Jordan, and Abraham got the desert. But how many of you know that God blessed Abraham for that decision uh, a thousand times over? And the Bible says in Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love and honor one another above yourselves. Letter F, write this down. Meekness is yielding your agenda to God's agenda. You see, it's our inclination to put ourselves first, to follow our own agenda, to be numero uno. We want to exercise our own rights. We want to make our demands. We want to strut our stuff. Our natural inclination is to put our bucket list above God's bucket list for our lives. And Jesus said in Luke 22, verse 42, not my will, but thine will be what? Be done. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing. Rediscover a simpler faith in our complicated world. 
In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.